Hey everyone, welcome to episode 109 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina, with a special focus on the SCG Tour. We are your hosts, I'm Chris Castor-Apple, with me as always, Collins Mullen. Hey Collins. What's up Chris? How's it going? Uh, you know, a little under the weather this week, but that's not going to stop me from uh, getting on and recording a podcast. I really don't, I really hope you don't have exactly whatever Evan has had for the past like week and a half, just yeah. slowly dying in his room and then coming out for IQs. <laughs> coming out for IQs, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he got sick, like, initially, and that led into some other stuff, so I think I might have that initial whatever it is. But hoping it doesn't lead into bronchitis? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I got a strong immune system, so okay. you know, we're gonna, we're gonna rock it. That's good. <laughs> I am not so confident, but... <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, apologies in advance for being a little froggy today, mm. um, but, you know, this, this is what we got. Well, I'll edit out all your little throat clears and nobody will, I, our live audience will have to deal with it. But, yeah. you know, if you listen to the podcast at home, we'll try to minimize that. For sure. We do have a lot to talk about today, though. Indeed. So I hope you have enough water. It was a crazy Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Band and restricted announcement. Yep. A lot of stuff. Yep. Of course, we are talking about Karn the Great Creator, Band <laughs> Restricted and vintage. Yes. Um, so I hope you guys are ready for an hour and a half of vintage <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to be brewing up some lands decks with fast four fast bonds in yeah, them. Yeah, I saw some Primeval Titans flown around. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's getting crazy. Actually, obviously, we are going to be talking about modern yep. almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, we did also get Rampaging Frosted on Unbanded Standards. For so the, For the memes. Um, he's loose. He's ready to fight some Scapeshift decks. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. That's Great. all. There's no. He'll have three weeks to do so. There's no standard tournaments, right? right. The next right. team tournament is after the the rotation, so that yep. just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, just too bad because I've been mastering this Kethis deck. I feel like every time you're just jamming magic <laughs> it's downstairs, so fun. Yeah, you're just playing Kethis on Arena. I love just, this deck. Yeah, slowly killing everybody you play against. Not that slowly. Um, I mean, like, oh, kind of no, yeah, slowly, sure. but it's turn five, so. Oh, yeah, no. It just takes slowly's a Slowly's probably not the right. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, we'll just never get to play that deck in a real tournament, so nope. whatever. Yeah. I guess I'll just ladder you with your it. shot. I'll, I'll make top 1200 Mythic next month with it. There you go. That'll be fine. Yeah. But, so, we did get the, kind of the hugest modern ban announcement in terms of just upsetting the format. Yeah. Like, I don't. Than since like Blazing Shoal getting banned or something like that, I guess. Yeah. So Hogak banned, obviously. Right. We knew this was coming. Yeah. Faithless looting banned. Oh yeah. The roller coaster starts. <laughs> yeah. Big deal. Absolutely upsetting. Sort of the fundamental tenets of the modern format. Yeah. Huge and, change. Yeah. H- enormous change to modern. And and we're gonna start with just sort of the decks that that kills or cripples and then what that sort of opens up room for in the format as each of these decks disappear one by one right and then also stoneforge mystic unbanned right so a long time request yeah kind of a surprise but it definitely sounds like wizards wants to know that they're listening Mm -hmm. so you know kind of like the big like conversation topics of late have been faithless suiting needs to get banned and also come on stoneforge mystic banned why (laughs) I will tell you why when we talk a little more about Stoneforge Mystic. Great. Okay, I'm excited for that. We, we, we'll have a conversation about Stoneforge Mystic this yeah. episode. You know, pretty huge shifts. Uh, Faithless Looting decks 
were a pretty large pillar of modern that shaped the format. You know, obviously we had Hogak recently. Yeah. And, but that was kind of an anomaly. The big Faithless Looting decks, Dredge, obviously. Yep. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, another big one. Uh, Arclight Phoenix just does not exist at all without Faithless Looting. Right. Part. Yeah. I I mean, so we can maybe start a little bit with Phoenix because rest in peace. And that's yeah. really, you know, I was already kind of resigning myself to put Phoenix away for a little bit because it wasn't quite keeping up the way that it had when I first had started playing it. Uh, but now it really, and, and all the, can we still make Phoenix work like chin rubbing emoji things? Yeah. You can't <laughs> right. make Phoenix work with cathartic reunion. You no. can't make it work with tormenting voice. You yeah. can't make it work, work with charter course. It yeah. just doesn't. The floor is lowered. And then what's worse, the ceiling is way lowered. Mm-hmm. You don't have any God draws anymore when you're right. using two mana discard spells. And, uh, without giving your deck access to like the double Phoenix turn to even 10% of the time, like you're giving up a bunch of free wins that contributed to the win percentage of the deck. Yeah. So don't try it. Yeah. If somebody makes it work eventually, maybe, but it's, I think it's just not worth time put into it. Phoenix is dead. Agreed. So it was a good burb, but it was, it was a good burb. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and it was while it was like the tier one deck, I was like pretty okay with that. Mm-hmm. This is like the kind of deck that I think is fine to be tier one. It's like very fast, very consistent, but nothing like too broken. Yeah, and like know. clear angles of attack. Thalia mm-hmm. is great against it. Eidolon's right. great against it. Fatal push on the thing and graveyard hate is great against it. Yeah. Um, but you know, Faithless Looting had a lot of sins, and while yes. maybe not only a few of them were really egregious, they added up to. Have it taken out of the format. So losing Phoenix, that opens up some space for like creaturey aggro decks, especially low toughness stuff. Like yeah. the the kinds of decks that really and you know, just one deck at a time. It doesn't mean that these decks are gonna be good in the format, but like Phoenix really preyed on decks like Infect, Affinity, sometimes humans depending on the Phoenix build. Yeah. But Decks with lots of guys that died to gut shots and lightning bolts uh, were not happy to see Thing in the Ice and Phoenix be the most played deck in the format. With that yep. gone, that may open up some space for that type of deck. Um, yeah, potentially. Who knows? Mm-hmm. X1 still kind of have a little bit of a target on their back mm-hmm. with uh, Ren and Six being around. Yeah. <clears throat> but we lost most of the, you know, like the gut shot and the lava dart stuff is not really going to be yeah that accessible. Plague um, Engineer also really beats up on certain types of X1s. Yes. But, you know, like Plague, Plague Engineer is nuts against Infect. And, right. Yeah. yeah. No, so, for sure. For sure. So it may not be open season to run those cards quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dredge is... People are trying. I'm going to say that, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, Dredge is, you know, maybe we can maybe we can do it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of different lists. People are trying Burning Inquiry. People mm-hmm. are trying... Insolent Neonate. Insolent Neonate. Tome Scour, whatever the single blue mill five is. Yeah, just puts um, five cards into your game. Yep, just, yeah, the old-fashioned way. Just mill five yep. yourself. Um, done and done. Right. No, nobody's nobody's breaking up the glimpse the unthinkables yet. Um, I guess not. <laughs> but kind of the problem there is that a big reason why Dredge, at least like Dredge as we knew it with Creeping Chills and Prize Amalgams and mm-hmm. Narcomoobas and stuff, that deck really relied on just kind of the resiliency that Faithless Looting with Flashback gave yeah. the deck. That you, <clears throat> It was very rare that you had 
draws and this certainly happened and cathartic reunion you know obviously can still do this mm-hmm. on its own but uh it was it's pretty rare that you just like have draws where you 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 know you do your stuff once and then the game ends you, that's your like god draw and that kind of still exists mm-hmm. just with a little less consistency but now you just like are, can never play a long game because once you've done your thing and you're out of like cards that draw additional cards yeah there's not really any more staying power right you're just slow dredging for the rest of the game once right. you've run out of your initial cathartic reunions you, yeah. you never put a faithless looting in the group and that was what most of the games that i lost with dredge in like longer games when i was playing it i was just like man i really didn't like do much that game and then i realized like i just never saw faithless looting mm-hmm. and that was why yeah and now every game is going to be like that right right <clears throat> so yeah definitely not great dredge took a huge hit and you know people will still try it um but i just think that it's just a lot more fair now people you know you can just like play your normal strategy against it like dredge used to be the worst matchup for burn Mm -hmm. and i played against dredge on magic online recently uh after the banning and they like dredged a little bit and creeping chilled me once or twice but like the stuff that they were doing just was like didn't feel very powerful and i just beat them Mm. naturally and i think that the stuff like that will be happening a lot more so i think (laughs) that probably this is all theory crafting. Yeah, of course. But that's what this week's all about. <laughs> so if people... Graveyard decks don't exist without Faithless Looting. At, at least in the forms that we understood graveyard decks in modern to be. They're going to begin to look different. Yeah. yeah. So you can't play Hollow One the way that that existed before. You mm-hmm. can't play Phoenix. You can't play Dredge the way that it was before. I think that at first, graveyard decks are pretty much just going to leave the format because they're way harder to build now. Yeah. Uh, that will lead to people cutting all of their graveyard hate. Yeah. I have no mm-hmm. desire to put Leyline of the Void in my sideboard right now. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything. Right. When that happens, even a Gimped Dredge deck has an opportunity to be good. Mm-hmm. But you have to make your deck good. Right. And I think just putting Burning Inquiry is unlikely to do that. I... I have a suspicion that the way that Dredge will be built in the future is with several cycling lands and leaning on life from the loam to be its faithless looting that it can put into the graveyard. Yeah, I, I, I like the sound of that for sure. Because that like, you know, gives you a little bit of an engine to keep you know, going. Dredge some more yeah. later in the game. And you know, you have comes into play tapped lands in your deck now, so you lose <laughs> some of the explosive starts and stuff, yeah. but you just lean more on that burn heavy long game and the resilience of the deck. Which I think can work very well if nobody is rested piecing you or anything like that. Yeah. So that's that's the direction I would go if I were trying to play Dredge. But I would only play Dredge if I'm specifically seeing, like, no graveyard hate and, oh man, look at all these burn decks people are playing. Sure. Something like right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Dredge dying, you know, just to, like, keep going with, like, metagame development in the wake of this. Yeah. Dredge being pushed out like that really opens the doors for some some burn decks to, to yeah. come out and play. Well, a lot of archetypes definitely suffered to dredge. So there's, you know, there's definitely, like, the creeping chill angle of, like, yeah, I think burn is going to get a little better because that was, like, the worst matchup. Yeah. You know, that's gone. Uh, but the other strategy that I think really benefits from that happening is uh, are these blue-white control-y decks. You know, blue-white control was a nightmare matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. Or dredge was a nightmare matchup for blue-white control. So that deck, I think, is definitely going to get popular again. And I think that that deck might be one of the initial homes for um, Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Something like Cobblade-esque, just like Jace the Mind Sculptor and uh, Stoneforge Mystic and 
the good cards that we have access to now. Path to Exile, Force of Negation is seeing a huge uptick in play. That is a huge mm-hmm. one. I guess, you know, we're kind of transitioning into talking about this now. But, yeah, th- this is... I've definitely seen this, like, Stoneblade versions or, you know, more control-ish versions. It's, that's definitely the most heavily played deck in these leagues right now, I think. Yeah, because yeah. everybody wants to try out the new stuff. Of course. Yeah. But the new stuff is... Mm-hmm good oh yeah it, no it's good so here's what happened to blue white all in the span of like a week basically yeah you lose several of your worst matchups right like hogak crushed blue white oh yeah like nobody's business yeah it was crazy uh and that was just the best of all of the graveyard decks that crushed blue white you know dredge was great against it Hollow One was, like, kind of medium against it, but not that Hollow One has seen play recently, but just as, like, Faithless Looting decks in general, Mm -hmm. they had god draws that Blue White just couldn't possibly deal with. Yeah, they just kind of worked on an axis that Blue White didn't want to operate on. Right. So, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor is just an irrelevant card against what a lot of these decks were trying to do. Right. Now those decks don't exist. Yeah. Those were Blue White's worst matchups. And now they're all gone. Yeah. You also get Stoneforge Mystic, just an incredibly powerful, low mana cost, low deck building constraint threat that you just can slot in and do work with. And now Force of Negation is better positioned in the format, I believe, Mm -hmm. and really, really usable in that type of deck. Yeah. So, and we just like haven't really had a format where we could just go all in on Force of Negations before Mm because you just died a stitcher supplier into hogak right uh but now with force of negation being very good we get a free counter spell an incredibly powerful two mana threat and a bunch of the deck's worst matchups eliminated all at once yeah so i don't blame people for trying these stone, these blue white stoneforge mystic decks yes. uh they're great they're very powerful definitely definitely a level one just like starting point for like mm-hmm. you know oh you know obviously this is this is where we need to need to go and test what what kind of builds have you been seeing that you've been playing against? Um, so I have one main one that I've seen, but I want to know that was last night, which is like forever ago. Yeah. So there there are like two different main versions. There's and it kind of depends on like where you fall on the tempo y spectrum or the like more grindy control spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that probably somewhere in the middle is where you want to be. Okay. But we're still in the process of figuring that out. So yeah. and by tempo y I mean uh, so you've got your Stoneforce Mystics, your Force of Negations, Spellcaller, mm-hmm. people are playing, the Jason Mind Sculptor stuff, and Snapcaster Mages. Yeah. So, like, a lot of inter- like instant speed, interaction, uh, Path to Exile. You're just playing... The deck is just all great cards. Mm-hmm. And Teferi Cantrips. plus Spellcaller. Teferi and Spellcaller is really nice. Yeah. Because you can bounce your own Spellcaller, and then they can't cast their spell because you have Teferi out, and then you have Spellcaller again. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And having a Teferi in play in Modern is... Very good. There's a lot of instance. Yep. Like yep. having your opponent unable to like tax your counterspell mana by mm-hmm. doing end step stuff is like yep. very, very good. Yeah, Teferi does so much that feels like, you know, you wouldn't think about it at first, mm-hmm. but like suspend spells. You can't cast them. Um, you know, the whole spell caller thing. Uh can't cascade with Bloodbraid Elf. Can't cascade or other cascade cards. <laughs> yeah. Living end is yeah, not great. Yeah. Um But yeah, so Teferi is definitely a, a pretty 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 relevant um mm-hmm. strategy uh, like even against you know i'm gonna be talking about burn a lot because that's a lot of what i've been testing Legit. but burn it has a really difficult time against teferi because 
typically your strategy in those blue-white matchups is to stock up your hand, play Drago for a long time so you don't, like, run into a bunch of counter spells. Mm-hmm. And then, like, unload on your opponent's turn and, like, wait for them to do stuff. Whenever is the most act. convenient moment for you. Cast yeah. a bunch of instants. Yeah. Right. Or inconvenient for them. Is right. How I sure, think sure, sure. Uh, yeah, Teferi just locks all that out. Teferi's like, all right, you need to cast burn spells on your turn only. And, you know, <laughs> so I can know when I need to hold up counter spell and know when, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. The deck is a lot worse <laughs> when all of your lightning bolts are chain lightnings. Like, yeah. that's a lot. That's a much worse card. Right. And it's it's almost never worth, like, putting burn into um unless it's like a goblin guide attack or whatever you, you just can't afford to do that you need to you know you need to save your burn spells for face yeah so <clears throat> yeah teferi is really good so right so blue white control or blue white tempo i don't know really what to call it it's yeah like it's a mid-range deck yeah. i mean it's absolutely a mid-range deck mm-hmm. um just using <clears throat> tempo yeah. and like cards that kind of cost less mana than they should to the to its advantage yeah so right so there's like and some people are going a little more aggressive on the tempo side people by playing like geist of saint traft in their deck and stuff like that yeah uh, and these cards that you know the kind of the theory here is that we're playing a lot of cards that are really good with force negation yeah so uh like you know playing a geist out and then still being able to interact with your opponent it's like exactly what you want to be doing in that deck playing a stoneforge mystic out and having force negation back up is yeah really nice well that's how you beat burn with that deck right now right yeah it is it makes it really annoying (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i was just jamming a lot with dylan earlier and uh you know the games that i felt like pretty behind in were the ones where he had uh, exactly stoneforge mystic and force negation Mm -hmm. where you know i can't really wait for his turn because then he just can activate it in his upkeep Right. put in a batter skull and you know can't do that but if i you know try to kill it on my turn right and on turn two you don't just happen to have a mana up on his turn and a bolt hand like the odds of that happening your hand is probably super weird if that's that's what happened i mean right. it may be right to start leaving up that mana just because stoneforge mystic has to get killed and that's the only way to do it but mm-hmm. that that's a pretty big constraint on your ability to play right. the game then absolutely so this blue white deck is like it's and it has Jace in the top end um, right. as well. Because uh, also great with force negation. Yes, the best planeswalker with force of negation. Right. So yeah, it's perfect with force of negation. And then you know it's just just what the deck is trying to do is you're trying to just like play all of these you know singular really really busted cards mm-hmm. and you know carry that to victory. Things that I've noticed, counter spells are kind of at an all time high in modern right now. Mm-hmm. They just seem quite good like i've gotten mana leaked a lot and it's been a good card um because the deck you know the blue white deck now is not trying to make the game last until turn 15 right it's mana leaking so that it can hit you one more time with a batter skull and put the game completely out of reach yeah and mana leak is a card that i hadn't seen a lot of in a long time like the old blue white control decks mm-hmm. were all like maybe they had a couple of mana leaks but that you know more likely it was the um delve counterspell yeah logic um, not but yeah mana leak seems to be back in a pretty big way um you know you want to be countering your opponent's uh stoneforge mystics and yeah. you want to be you know and spell snare that is, is also game. filling that role as well spell snare is very yes. good right now spell snare <clears throat> definitely want to uh, highlight that spell snare got a huge boost there are a bunch of new two drops that are you know going to be seeing a lot of play that you it's just really nice to counterspell a, a stoneforge a mystic. Stoneforge mystic. Yeah. just you're One on the draw get them get that yep yeah no that's that's really good and modern's like kind of premier one mana assertive spell faithless zooting gets banned Mm -hmm. 
that just sort of pushes the mana cost of threats in general up towards the two mana slot a little bit. Yep. You know, the format's a little slower and we're going to play more two mana spells. And yep. Every, every time you counter something with spell snare, you're ahead. Right. So um, I, I definitely played a game where my opponent countered my f- like first five spells with five different counter spells. Which I think is like maybe going a little overboard into this new counterspell meta, but okay. it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was like spell snare into logic knot, into mana leak, into cryptic command, and then there was like some <laughs> other super niche counters niche counterspell in there somewhere, and right. I just was like, okay, yeah, you, you got me. Yeah, counter all these spells. It's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> counterspells have not been good for a very long time. Right. Yeah, I think that. I mean, yeah, definitely one of the. You know, counterspell decks are were probably like the biggest category of decks that were bad against Faithless Living decks. Yeah, because you don't want to counterspell a one mana card that has flashback. But you know, now we're here, and it seems like people are bringing it back in a pretty big way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I even played against Mono Blue Tron, which is a counterspell based Tron deck. Right. Uh, yeah, and it some condescends it. So so this was a league that I played with Tron, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I think Tron is very well positioned right now. Um, the league, I only lost to a regular Tron deck and a mono blue Tron deck. Yeah. And the matchup against mono blue Tron was just not close. <laughs> yeah. They were just countering my spells and then refilling with Thirst for Knowledge. And like they had enough mana to condescend anything that I played. And it, I just couldn't ever win in a million years. Yeah. Um, the deck... I think Ari Lax wrote an article about it on Star City. You know, I don't know. I'm not telling you to play Mono Blue Tron. Yeah. But it certainly looked like it had tools, and it is a Karn the Great Creator deck that I think makes pretty good use of Karn the Great Creator. So, you know, it's got... It's, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, and we may be in a metagame where... You know, you're not getting hit with Hogak on turn two anymore. <laughs> you're not even having to deal with, like, creeping chills over the course of a long game. You may be able to do this stuff because your, like, counter spells that are your main form of interaction actually match up pretty well against a lot of the threats people are putting yep. out against you. So, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we I mean, we talked a good bit about uh, blue-white control as like a new archetype yeah but should we go into the other like you know new and interesting things that people are talking about yeah definitely what are what are, so what are the kind of like the pillars of the format okay. at least you know on day zero and one of yep. modern right now what are we looking at as the most played stuff so the the big obvious one is tron yeah tron is like the really obvious like this deck gets much better after all these things go away because now what everybody's doing is like trying out all of these like weird mid rangey strategies and they all die to Karn <laughs> and you know other like big Tron stuff. Yeah. So Tron is like kind of like the big default. Oh yeah, clearly this is going to be um you know this is like the busted thing that you can be doing that mm-hmm. is just like pretty well positioned against what most people are trying out right now. Right. And it's very <laughs> tuned. You yeah. just have to choose exactly what top end you want to match up against the field. Mm-hmm. The core of the deck is always the same and yep. always powerful. Yep. It's got the London Mulligan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I played some Tron, and just real quick, I know nobody actually wants this information about Tron, but for the, like, two people who are unashamed out there and, yeah. and actually are going to run Tron in some tournaments. Tron, 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 let's go. I was pretty impressed with Veil vale of Summer. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough green to, like, really make it the best card ever, but, boy, 
casting an eight mana or a seven mana spell. If you have Tron and Forest and you cast your Karn, everybody's playing counter spells and you just keep this veil up. It's the safest feeling in the world yeah. and you're going to win that game. Right. So playing a little bit slower with Veil of Summer, I think is fine. I'm not, I don't think that it works as an anti-discard spell, just because it's really hard to keep green mana up on their turn. Yeah. Plus, so, discard isn't really that great against you anyways. It's yeah. not, like, what you're worried about. You're more worried about getting, like, tempoed out with counter spells and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the way that Jund beats Tron a lot, even if it doesn't necessarily attack the mana base, is when they go Thoughtseize into Bob into, like, Thoughtseize you again, and then sure. you're just like, I'm out of stuff now. Right. So it would be nice to have something that solves those types of games, but I don't think that you can keep a green mana up in that way with Tron. So yeah. <laughs> I, I was not bringing them in in the, the Thoughtseize matchups. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I think that as far as like top-end stuff goes, I think Emrakul the Promised End is kind of the best it's ever been right now. Yeah, can't counterspell this trigger. Nope, can't counterspell this trigger, can't path to exile the body. Uh, I, I don't know if like the deck is supposed to run a what's it called a, a cavern of souls now but oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> probably not it's really yeah. hard to fit even one other utility land in there but there's a lot of counter spells so there's a chance but yeah this body that mindslavers them and then lets you like wreck them with their own removal spells against blue white is is very good and i think you have space for it because ugin is very bad right now yeah um you're just not really there's there's no bloodgast based boards to exile anymore and it gets force of negation and yeah that's that's a problem right you still want your one yeah of course. but it's like you know we've had like two ugin formats this is definitely a one ugin format. yeah this is a one ugin format yeah, one ugin one emrakul yeah ostone is significantly better as a sweeper right now than ugin is yes because yeah. exiling is not very relevant so right Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with, like, the Relic of Progenitus slots, and I'm pretty sure that running main de- a main deck Thrag Tusk is also good right now. Okay. So Yeah, that makes sense. Just thoughts. <clears throat> thoughts on Tron. Thoughts okay, on we Tron? can do other stuff now. <laughs> so, right, so, so like, big pillars right now. Tron. Mm-hmm. You know, the blue-eyed decks. Uh, I think that this is just going to be popular for week one just because, you know, everybody's excited about it. Yep. They want to play it. And those, like, the Stoneforge Mystic decks, there's, like, a big category of or it's like a big category because there's like a lot of different ways that you can play stoneforge mystic mm-hmm. there are like death and taxes style decks yeah there are like this blue white tempo style deck there's like mardu mid-range now um people are you know people are trying out all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. but they're all pretty much white mid-range decks with like your various flavors of like what else do you think is good right now do you think counter spells are good Great. Play uh, Blue White. Do you think that Colgon's Command is good? It is. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> play Mardu. Uh, you know, so in this, like, opening time, I think that, like, that I think will be a pillar, but what it's not a very defined pillar right now. Yeah. And I've definitely been more impressed with the counterspell-based decks than yeah. the, like, value-y. It, it's really hard to do taxes in Modern when we right. don't have actual Wasteland, so... Uh, the like defense against things that aren't like fatal pushing your guy mm-hmm. are not super developed. Yeah. Other, I think another big pillar will probably be uh, Wars of Dex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people I are. Think for sure, yeah. I, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that Wars slowly deteriorates out of the format. It's like really powerful, sure, but I just don't think it does 
it's something just feels off about the deck. And I don't think that it like really stands up to what you can be doing right now in the mm-hmm. format. You know, people were talking about it as like, oh, you know, when Hogak gets banned, this deck is going to be what's next. But one of the um, reasons it was good is because it could beat Hogak game one. Right. The I think that that deck got a huge amount of its win percentage from just uh, Ensnaring Bridge. Mm-hmm. It was like the Ensnaring Bridge deck of the format. Yeah. And then you also played some other stuff. Yeah. And, and Ensnaring Bridge was, sucks right now. Yeah. Ensnaring Bridge is really bad right now. You know, all these blue decks have a cryptic command and, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of stuff like counterspells, uh, yeah. Kulgun's commands. You know, it's just not a nice place for uh, for Instant Bridge. So uh, I think that, you know, maybe that wears a deck six round in some capacity, but it's going to change a lot. It's not it's no longer going to be this like, you know, find my bridge and win right. kind of style. We're also just not spending sideboard cards on ley lines anymore. So yeah. it's very easy to turn those into stony silences or collector oofs or even just like ancient grudges or whatever. So yeah, that's absolutely. That's one of the things that made Wurza very good is you just couldn't run that much artifact hate. Right. Yeah, and it was kind of weird because, like, there wasn't really many, like, aside from Wurza, there wasn't really many uh, Mox Opal decks. Mm-hmm. Like, Affinity, you just never really saw, and right. uh, Hardened Scales as well. Right. Um, so it's really one deck sideboard hate if you're choosing to run right. Stony's Islands. <laughs> yeah, so that's, it's a little strange. But maybe, you know, maybe Affinity and, or Hardened Scales makes a bit of a comeback um just because uh you know those are like powerful decks but i think that the things that are hating them out still exist Mm -hmm. so probably not that makes sense yeah one thing that the urza decks do get is that they can also run the stoneforge mystic package you get a choice between mid-ranging if you want to grab your battle skull or if you have most of the combo then stoneforge can get sword of the meek yeah so that's a that's an angle that i think does help the deck yeah it could for Um, sure but you know none of this is great if your opponent has a bunch of collector oofs or whatever in their sideboard. Yeah. Right. So Wurza, I think, is going to be, you know, definitely still a little bit popular. I don't know how well it'll be positioned, though. Yeah. We'll see. It is fundamentally quite powerful. Yeah. You know, Urza as a card is extremely strong, even when it's just making mana off of your artifacts. Right. So there will probably be things to do, but, you know, it may change forms a couple of times. Right. Right. Yeah, so other big pillars, uh, Burn. I think it's going to be, like, it's the aggro deck. I think now. it's it's the premier <laughs> aggro deck of the format, Yeah, pretty clearly. And that's nice. I get to be one of those, like, uh, uh, burn hipsters where I was playing it before. <laughs> it was cool. But no, uh, yeah, burn I think is going to be really good. And I think it is, you know, I don't know what the ultimate pr- matchup percentage is against these blue-white decks, but, mm-hmm. like, I put Stoneforge uh, yeah. Mystic in your deck if you don't have Force of Negation. Mm-hmm. All you did was create a target for searing blaze the yeah so in terms of burns matchups i think that any stoneforge mystic deck that does not contain counter spells mm-hmm. specifically force of negation i think burn is pretty well favored okay and i think that the matchup against the blue white versions are close but i think that burn is still favored and post board you get smash the smithereens right which is yes Nice. Postboard, I would say that postboard gets a little more difficult because these blue decks have access to a lot of really great tools. Um, they want to bring in timely reinforcements yeah, or whatever. Yeah, timely reinforcements, can. dispel, yeah. more counter spells. Uh, it's not great. Yeah. But I feel pretty good about game ones. Um, they have to pretty much specifically have Stoneforge Mystic with counterspell backup mm-hmm. for them to win. Mm-hmm. Um, every other game where they don't go Stoneforge Mystic on turn two is not really that close. Yeah. And then the games where they do go Stoneforge Mystic on turn two, but you have a bolt for it and they don't have an answer for it, 
I still feel favored in, but you know, maybe eventually it gets to the point where they resolve a batter skull and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. But the games where they just don't have it, yeah, easy breezy. Or the games yeah. where you searing blaze it and it, yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. That's 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 nice. game. Yeah. So burn well positioned. Mm-hmm. Bring your smash the smithereens in the sideboard. It's and... a good time to play casting smash the smithereens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a, a lot of equipment in this format right yeah. now. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, the non batter skull equipment that they fetch is not Umazawa's GTA. So right. That's yeah. That's nice too. Yeah, I mean batter skull certainly annoying, but. Um, it's not as completely oppressive for burn as GTA can be. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. So, so blue white decks, Tron, Wurza, Burn. I think those are the main ones. I think right so now. too. <clears throat> I have been seeing a fair amount of spell based combo. Yeah. Um, whether it's ad nauseum or a storm variant. That's fair. Um, People are talking about storm. Storm is definitely like one of the more popular picks. And because I think that in everybody's minds, Tron is the boogeyman, mm-hmm. people are like looking for decks that beat up on Tron. Yeah. Storm is one of those decks. Yeah. And uh, for sure. You know, Especially with no relics in the main, game oh, yeah. one is just 0% for Tron. <laughs> it's pretty rough. So, yeah. So, Storm, I think, is going to be uh, a contender this weekend in Dallas. Absolutely. The problem is that there are a lot more force negation decks, mm-hmm. which makes things a little awkward. To counteract that, a lot of Storm players have adopted playing Veil of Summers, which I think is, uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, That, you know, that card does a lot of work. But, you know, the, if your opponent is interacting with you a lot on axes that matter, it can be a little annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, So. um, I mean, Storm has gotten, I mean, Veil of Summer is nice, mm -hmm. but as far as like the engine of Storm goes, it hasn't gotten a lot. You have the Aria Flame sideboard plan, which is a really nice juke yeah that's like your you know my opponent's gonna try to attack my graveyard mm-hmm. we'll do this instead kind yeah of deal. a little more powerful than the pieces of the puzzle plan yeah so that that is nice but it, it definitely does not feel like the most powerful deck in the world yeah so storm and it probably it probably is a lot because i'm like pretty rusty with storm and i was like you know doing a lot of storm things and then losing anyways yeah and you were there for some of that and maybe those are <laughs> games that like caleb could have won or oh whatever. yeah i'm i'm sure that a lot of that was me being a little inexperienced or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah something about storm just like feels a little underpowered right now yeah another deck i tried out was scape shift mm-hmm. um just because we listed out like the matchup spreads from all the decks we expect to be popular. Yeah. And Skip Shift was one of the decks where, yeah, this deck seems like it has pretty good matchup spread where, you know, you beat up on all Stoneforge Mystic decks. You also yeah. beat up on all the Tron decks. The problem I found though is that Skip Shift has just fallen a little behind on like modern power level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, you know, the deck does not want to mulligan very much. It's like a, it's like a relatively high resource strategy because like when you're when yeah. your goal is to make a land drops up until land seven you need to have like all those lands are like resources like cards in hand so you cannot afford to aggressively mulligan into like powerful hands like everybody else can um so it's just a deck that like is fundamentally at odds with the london mulligan it feels universe. that way yeah mm. so when i was playing scape shift you know i was just like all right i'll keep this mediocre seven and then my opponent like mulligan to five and drops me because their, their hand was great you know gotcha <laughs> so yeah, something about that. Uh, Secret Shift might just be falling behind a little bit in terms of that, like, just raw power level kind right. of thing. Um, and then, obviously, Force of Negation against the card Scape Shift is, like, pretty rough. That's a four-mana spell that it just counters. Yeah, um, yeah. And you are, you know, you can, you have Primeval Titans, too, which are usually good, but, like, Blue-White tempos you now. 
Yeah. And if if they play a Stoneforge Mystic and then they like spell Quilla or ramp spell, like, yeah, I mean they're know. just gonna get there before you do. Yeah. You know, just like have enough counter spells. Like you know, if they have a battle spell in play, they only need like you know two or three counter spells. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even less potentially. Um, right. Like you know, Manly Cure Titan and you know, Cryptic Command your next thing, Force Negation to Escape Shift. Yeah. And then you're like trying to rip one, you know, and that's never great. In your no cantrip, no cycling deck. Just just for rip one. <laughs> yeah. Um This is a great segue for me to like force my here's why Stoneforge Mystic was banned for so long. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. So Yes. Turn two Stoneforge Mystic, turn three spend two of your three mana to put a 4-4 Vigilance Lifelink into play. That's not and it, that's not a god draw of a deck. Yeah. That's not three hollow ones in play. That's not ten power of dredge creatures and creeping chill you twice on, on turn three. That's not those things. Yeah. It's not nearly as powerful as those things. Those things, though, required the entire deck to be devoted to them. Yeah. Like, Hollow One, as built, every single card was dedicated to the plan of putting power on the board on turn two and three. Right. Dredge, every single card in the deck is dedicated towards putting my cards in my graveyard so they can come back and I can do stuff with them. Your entire deck is your engine, and you don't have room for anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, Dredge, at some point, can conflagrate. Right. And it can creeping chill. But that's like its one plan, and if it doesn't have its graveyard, it can't do any of those things. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix was actually, like, this is probably kind of a good comparison because Phoenix could do some other things. It could cast a lightning bolt or two. It did have a thing in the ice. Yeah. Um, but really, its whole deck is dedicated towards casting a lot of spells. And right. if you keep this Thalia in play and protect it, Phoenix doesn't work at all. Yeah. Stoneforge Mystic is six cards in your deck. Mm-hmm. It goes in any deck that makes white mana yeah. that wants this effect. Right. You play the Stoneforge Mystic on turn two. And that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. They kill the Stoneforge Mystic. You're still up a card because you're doing other stuff to buy you time until it's Batter Skull or you brainstorm it away with your Jace. It's not the Stoneforge Mystic that's broken. It's that the cost of having the Stoneforge Mystic as an engine in your deck is so low. And when you cast Stoneforge Mystic, you don't have a hand of things that allow you to cast Stoneforge Mystic on turn two. Right. You have a hand of Path to Exile and a Spell Snare and a Jace and a Cryptic Command. You get to do all of those things then and put in the Batter Skull when it's convenient to you. That's why Stoneforge Mystic is so good. Not because it's a god draw, but because the cost of playing it is so low and you can build whatever engine around it you want to and just fit it in there pretty easily i'm not saying that that means that the card should still be banned yeah maybe mm-hmm. but but it is powerful it's really powerful and yeah. like that's why the argument like oh my opponent put three hollow ones into play i can't <laughs> believe stoneforge mystic is so banned like that's not that was never a good argument and that's right. why it's yeah. because it you you're not playing a stoneforge mystic <laughs> deck you're playing a deck with stoneforge mystic in it and stoneforge mystic is still really really good right yeah no, for sure. Yeah, so you know, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, that kind of shift into like, yeah. all right, there's like a there's like a good mid range deck now that has like a lot of powerful tools that is you know, and you know, mid range matches are, are pretty sweet. Like it's you yeah. know, pretty interactive. Like modern for a long time has been <clears throat> proactivity rules over everything. It does. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but that just may no longer be true. Um, no, I mean these blue white decks seem to hold their own against. And who knows what we develop, what we figure out, but they do seem to be holding their own against 
pretty much everything out there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not winning 100% of their matches or anything like that. Yeah, but it's not busted. Force of Negation is really good in this deck and patches up a lot of the problems with casting two and three mana, like, cards onto the board. Right. The, the decks are powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, very excited to see, like, what these like tier decks look like a couple months from now yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be super sweet to just like you know see uh entirely different modern or maybe 70 percent of the decks will be making white mana so they can cast stoneforge mystic or yeah who knows it's kind of worst case scenario that's (laughs) true but yeah we want that pillar to be like maybe like 15 percent of the format yeah not like you know yeah and i mean there are very different decks you can build with stoneforge in it Mm -hmm. we can put it in urza put it in blue white put it in abzan (laughs) But at some point, there's too many Stoneforge Mystics running around. Right. And it's not really a card you can, like, hate out. You can run Cole against Command, but then you're just, like, kind of trading evenly with it. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. It's not... You don't introduce vulnerabilities into your deck by playing the Stoneforge Mystic package. Mm-hmm. And that's what is kind of scary about it yeah. going forward. Yeah. But we will see what happens. Makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> some fringe decks that are places to look oh yeah the brews that have potential to become yeah like, big modern decks yeah for sure oh well so i put this under fringe decks just because i haven't seen it at all okay humans pretty bad right now what do we think <clears throat> um i'm yeah i'm pretty skeptical about humans yeah i think a lot of like a, one of the big things that humans had going for it previously and a reason why it existed was that its hogak matchup was like reasonable mm-hmm. you had a lot of game you could meddling mage hogak or you could reflector mage things or you know whatever yeah uh, and that was really good but bad matchups for humans drawn mm-hmm. blue white control mm-hmm. um although just blue like white running a bunch <laughs> of force of negations that's fair. Might not have the yeah. best matchup possible. I don't know exactly what the humans matchup looks like against like the current iterations of this like blue white tempo y strategy. Yeah, because like spell queller to fairy is not like a humans beating package. No, certainly not. It, it might be true that that matchup is just great for humans. Yeah, you know, a question mark there for sure. There is other stuff in the <laughs> format that makes humans like pretty atrocious though. Like Plague Engineer exists and is in all of the yeah. mid- black mid range deck sideboards. Right. Uh, yeah. Red and Six is around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of, all of those like new tools that everybody got access to makes makes things much more difficult for humans for yeah. sure. Yeah. Nothing feels worse than getting your noble hierarch just Ren and Six to turn two. <laughs> just like, oh, I was really <laughs> counting on this. I needed that. It was why my hand was good. Yes. And how are you just gonna kill every other one toughness creature I play with that thing? Yeah. So we mentioned spell-based combo a little bit. Yeah. This is one of the ways that humans buys its way back into the format is if people start playing Ad Nauseam or Storm. Oh, yeah. No, certainly good matchups for humans. But also, I have no idea. I'm not telling anybody to go out and build this deck. Okay. But I played against a very, very nice build of Twiddlestorm. Okay. Uh, it just demolished me. I didn't have even a, a, a tiny chance against it. Nice. Um, like I was, I was playing Living End because I was forcing it in the new format to see if it's good. Got you got to spoiler. Teferi is there's too many Teferis. Right. So once that goes away, maybe there's a chance. But yeah. like you know, I was doing things like putting a bunch of Coligans commands in my sideboard to simultaneously <laughs> fight like on the Stoneforge axis and plank their Teferi so that I could do my thing. It's just not mm-hmm. a good. Don't no. Living End isn't doable right now. I'm sorry, yeah. Tear. But <laughs> one day, Season yeah. Pyromancer is good in the deck. But yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah. the deck's not good. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so this Twiddle Storm deck, game one, they just like went off. I didn't have enough land destruction to like slow them down, and they just did the normal thing and grape shotted me. Game two, I mulliganed aggressively for land destruction, uh, got pretty lucky with my six, and was able to like on the play turn two, Fulminator a land, and then turn three, Fulminator mm-hmm. another land. And But we got to a point where, you know, because I was doing so much Fulminator stuff, I wasn't, once I living ended, I wasn't able to put on. It was like a, you know, three-ish turn clock. So my opponent got to untap with a Spire Bluff Canal, which I really didn't want to have happen. Yeah. I, but I thought I would be fine. Sure. And I was not fine. <laughs> okay. So my opponent untaps with Spire Bluff Canal only. Yeah. Plays their Lotus Field, that's what it's called. Because Lotus Veil was the old one, right? And this is Lotus Field. I think it's Lotus Field. Plays their Lotus Field. In response to the Sacrifice Lands trigger, yeah. which would kill the Lotus Field, yeah. plays a one-mana Twiddle on it to untap it, Great, and then just goes off from there. Nice. In response to the Sacrifice trigger, just has all these instant speed untaps. Every Vizier of Tumbling Sands is plus one mana and doesn't cost a card. They can't completely go off because the deck relies on Ideas Unbound, which is UU, draw three, at the end of your turn, discard three. Yeah. So that helps them get that critical mass. But my opponent's sideboard plan was brilliant okay uh and so they were able to make a bunch of mana and then on like their last untap with the lotus field they cast deceiver exarch nice and i just like my like heart fell into my stomach because i was like i'm so dead here and they untap their land and they add red 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 <laughs> kiki jiki and they yeah i mean they they needed a couple more steps i don't think they had it because okay. they had to let the land go and then cast an ideas unbound and then like two more cantrips with their floating mana all right and then they just cast kiki jiki found it that that sideboard plan is brilliant that seems uh, good it doesn't get countered by force of negation mm-hmm. the Twiddlestorm deck doesn't run Brawls or Electromancers, so you want to board out your removal against them. So, you know, even if you have removal that disrupts uh, Kiki Deceiver Exar combo, that you probably don't have it in your deck anymore. Mm-hmm. And it works so well with the land because you can just do it on your turn. Right. The land, your Deceiver Exar costs zero mana, and right. then you cast Kiki with like one Twiddle. And yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Like you could. Like, I got effectively turn two'd, my opponent untapped with one land. Right, right. So, that sideboard juke, I think, if that is effective, and I don't know how reliable this deck is. True. It does nothing until it has the land. Maybe there's enough cantripping to make that fine. Yeah, that's always been, like, why I was a little skeptical of this yeah. deck, is because, like, it's really all in on this land that it doesn't really have a great way of finding. Maybe if there's, like, one tutor effect for it that they played. They could be fine. But yeah. I mean, Teleri West is so slow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you could do to really make it. I think your best bet is probably like Zone as many. S- maybe. <laughs> I mean, Oof. if you're splashing green for Veil of Summer, anyways. Which. So the other thing, though, is that this deck is pretty good against counter spells. Yeah. You don't want to get your ideas unbound countered, mm-hmm. but you may just be going off from there. Like, it's re- they can't, like, counter your initial ritual because it's cycling a vizier of tumbling sands yeah yeah um and then like individual twitters twiddles are not that important if they get countered or not mm-hmm. so I, I don't know i i really want to i wish i could have just seen exactly what this this opponent 75 was because it looked smooth and that board plan was really impressive nice but i might work on it and try to see if i can figure this yeah. out on my own 
Yeah, I uh, I haven't put any work into Twiddlestorm, but uh, you know I was doing a little bit of regular Storm, and I, I honestly just have no idea which one's better. Yeah, Twiddlestorm is like too new, and uh, you know maybe a little unrefined at the moment. If the but. deck works, I would lean towards the one that nobody knows how to play against. Yeah, that's fair. We all know how to sideboard against Storm. I remember I was playing I was like playing a Humans League and I played against Twiddle Storm mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right, what do I what do I meddling mage?" I <laughs> have no clue what to meddling mage. I think it's ideas unbound, but I don't know, man. Ah, yeah. So, you know, if your opponent is like, you know, if you're playing in a tournament and your opponent hasn't done that research, yeah, probably get them. You get them. Yeah, right. Because I don't, I don't think that game one getting like grape shot is gonna. I have no. I, I don't have the confidence to name grape shot with meddling mage game one. That's yeah. Same. Time to look at some lists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hope somebody five would with that. <laughs> For sure. Other decks we should talk about. Uh, don't play neoform. It can't beat force of negation. <laughs> yeah. Don't play neoform. Uh, not because like anything about it, just other than it's lame. And yeah, please don't, don't do that. Please don't. Friends play don't let their friends play Neoform. <laughs> kind of deal. Vant Soul Yeah, Soul Herder is another strategy. Uh, uh, Evan's been working a lot of, on that mm-hmm. deck. Um, I think uh, Zan just played it on stream today. Yeah. Uh, so... This was a Nasif list originally. Okay. I mean, I don't know where he got it from initially if he sure. didn't come up with it himself, but he did top eight. Uh, the Modern Challenge, I think. He, like, okay. finals the Modern Challenge with nice. Vant Soul Herder, and that yeah. was the first, like, appearance of it. Right. So Soul Herder, it, like, flickers things. The The big elements of the deck are just kind of like value creatures. Mm-hmm. You're playing the new Ice Fang Quaddle, and you get to play the old-school Risen Reef Coiling Oracle. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty it's, much, pretty it's much really... a Risen Reef trigger, except for uh, your opponent gets to see what you draw. Terrible. Yeah. I guess for a one-mana discount. <laughs> We right. can do that. Um, yeah, so this that, is pretty much EDH the modern deck. Like, it, how it honestly, plays it out. does. It does feel like it. You're you're doing a lot of crazy things, and the big card that has been the most impressive out of that deck is Ephemerate. Yeah, um, Ephemerate is really good. Yeah, that's blink a yeah. guy, blink one of your creatures and rebound. Right. So it's a single white mana for like whatever ETB trigger is on your dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing a lot of really good ETB triggers that you don't mind doubling up on. Thrag um, Tusk. Yeah, oh yeah, Thrag Tusk is not not good um, for a for, lot of for burn. Yeah, well, personally, I would prefer that my opponents don't play Thrag Tusk, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that deck seems to be really sweet, and uh, surprisingly enough, it is an excellent force negation deck. No, yeah. uh, you get to tap out uh, very frequently on your own turn, casting your spells. Um, you get to play. We put Aether Vials into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was in the original Nasif version, but. It, Turns out the card's great and a bunch of creatures. <laughs> With the draw cards. Uh, and... Yeah, no, so it's good. And then, yeah, it uh, it just seems to, like, you know, value out a lot of decks. Like, mm-hmm. has the protection from Force of Negation. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, like, doing things that a good modern deck can do. Yeah, and you get to run, like, it uses these powerful cards in, like, really good ways. Like, you know, Force of Negation is really good in the deck for similar reasons that Force is good in a lore end because you get your value back mm-hmm. and you also just have a lot of blue cards so yeah. that's nice yeah. uh path is good in the deck because you don't really mind giving your opponent extra lands to do stuff when you're just also doing a lot of stuff right um you're just trying to get rid of the most dangerous stuff on their side and yeah these ephemerate 
eternal witness draws where you just get to keep doing it sometimes you just lock them yeah with uh you know like maybe there's an aetherval involved maybe you just have a bunch of mana from coiling oracles mm -hmm. but you know you can just like you know get you cast your ephemerate that's two triggers over two turns and you know you can just like pick it back up with the eternal witness and you know anybody that's trying to fight you on a grindy access is not gonna have a good time it's definitely not gonna work yeah. anybody that's trying to fight you on a tron access however yeah, it's not good against Tron. Yeah. Force Negation helps, certainly. Definitely. Um, and I think you can do a good amount to, like, tech out your sideboard for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a rough one. Right. There's there's no reason you can't... The The problem is that it takes so long to kill them with it's the deck. It's a slow, slow deck. You yeah. get a lot of value, right. but, like, Tron has never cared about value. Mm -hmm. So, while, yeah, you, you do have tools and stuff, but, like, things like, here is my Damping Sphere, like you're going to get Oblivion Stoned. Like, yeah. that's just going to happen if you don't have the force for it right then. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's rough. So. <laughs> My permanence. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if you flicker it. It's it's still going to die. <laughs> you, you'll, get, you'll get your card out of the graveyard, but then, then all your stuff dies. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, modern is crazy. You know, people are people are playing all sorts of new, interesting things. Mm -hmm. um, what, yeah. is, what is the craziest thing that you've seen so far? Can you think of anything in particular or has it just been a whirlwind probably the uh soul herder deck is like the the most like out of left field like, yeah whoa what is going on it is pretty wild that that exists now right yeah everything else has been just like like old and nostalgic modern <laughs> uh you know it's just like a lot of just like you know people are doing things that you know we haven't been able to do for a while but yeah people are like you know strapping old in their old boots no and we going to work we got so used to this just like stab your opponent in the throat version yeah. of modern right right and i mean i don't know that faithless looting was the right call i do think that losing all of these graveyard decks at once is like a big loss to the format i don't know if that means that please just print like careful study so that we can have a approximation of them in the format or sure. what but it definitely I feel it a little bit in my heart, and like a bunch of the decks that I want to brew, I'm just like, oh, well, we can't can't use the graveyard anymore, can't yeah. do any of that cool stuff. Yeah. So that's definitely tough, and I am a little concerned about the. I don't love Delver formats. Um, not not that Delver mm -hmm. of Secrets is going to be a a card, but what I do don't you mean by Delver formats. I don't love threat with force backup being like the premier strategy of the format. Okay. That to me is. If it gets to the point where it's just like, I don't care what you have because I'm going to counter it for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have this threat that, like, just costs so little mm -hmm. that you're going to die to it. Yeah. You know, I, I that's one of the reasons that I try to do other stuff in Legacy, although delving really is the best thing that you can do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really hoping that the presence and playability of, you know crucify me for this or whatever but of big mana strategies like tron yeah yeah help to make that not yeah not our reality right um and Gotta so have all the checks and balances in order definitely yeah definitely um and so you know and kinda... we lost one of our checks and balances so you know who knows who knows what's... like faithless looting was like that was the pillar right and now it's gone right it faithless looting was a card that said like like yes it does remove a lot of the like I'm going to spend some mana on stuff and I'm going to do some things with my deck. Like you weren't really able to do that most of the time in modern cuz you would die. But it it also like really restricted the like 
I'm going to dirtle around, I'm going to get so much value, and I'm going to cover it up with this counter spell, and you're not going to get to do anything, because right. we get under that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. It's definitely interesting. Like, it's a brand new format, mm-hmm. and that that is great. That yeah. is cool. Uh, but really, weirdly enough, I think Ulamog is like, I'm kind of look, looking over here like, come on, buddy, we got to... <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to need your help here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I think that covers most of what we've, uh, what we've been experiencing so far. Yeah. Um, so are you pretty locked in on burn for Dallas this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so at this point. Earlier today, no, uh, but at this point, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty well positioned, pretty popular. So um, I had swapped out all of my main deck helixes for skull cracks mm-hmm. it's just the skull crack format now again yes absolutely um, there are you know a lot of just like weird incidental life gain cards you know batter skull you gotta you gotta do something about that for right. life um yeah and you can certainly that is one of the ways to beat stoneforge into batter skull is yeah. you get your lightning bolt on the stoneforge forced and then you fight through the batter skull because it's crack first em. time it hits you skull crack them right yeah, uh, so effective against worm coil engine. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a little concerned, and I do miss uh, lightning helix a little bit, just because you know a lot of matchups where that life gain is like really relevant, and also a lot of matchups where being able to hit a creature is really relevant. Yep. So, like, if I have all cracks now and no uh, helixes, so you know, all of a sudden the human matchup is like much worse. It is. So yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to tinker around with the list a little bit. I don't know exactly where I'm gonna fall. And if you play the mirror and you have skull cracks and they have lightning helixes, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you got to do a lot of work to make sure that your skull cracks line up with, <laughs> with their helixes. Helix. And that's, let me tell you, never happens. It's impossible. It's, yeah, you're, just, yeah. you're just like, don't worry about it. Your skull cracks just two mana, two mana deal three, and <laughs> and, and you also have lightning. If you if you do a yeah. bunch of work to try to time it right, you're gonna make yourself lose the game that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get lucky, and mm-hmm. you can really get them, but <clears throat> yeah, not very often. It's those moments are few and far between. Yeah. So yeah, I. Uh, Definitely need to, you know, but probably by the end of the week, I'll have a better idea of like what the format looks like Mm -hmm. just so I can know what to prepare for. Yeah. One of the big things that I is like a big mystery for me is how popular humans is going to be. My prediction is that it won't be very good, but if enough people play it, you know, I'm going to need to have Takali Honor Guards in my sideboard. Mm -hmm. Takali Honor Guard, uh, ironically enough, does a pretty good is a pretty good sideboard card against these soul herder decks as well. So wow, <laughs> you know if we want to if we want to double up on that. We, Ooh, we yeah, Thrag Tusk yeah. is a lot worse against Burn when it doesn't gain you five life. Yep. So uh, so that's a good one. But the problem there though is that they run Path to Exile. Yeah. So they can they can certainly fight through it. Definitely. But I will say more... that another reason that Burn is really good right now is that the premier removal spell that's cheap right now is Path to Exile, and Path to Exile is horrendous against Burn. It's really bad. Oh, yeah. Giving burn an extra land just for free on, like, turn one because you didn't want to take your Goblin Guide hit is... You have to do it because if you're letting me hit with you with a Goblin Guide, it's you're going to have a bad time. Yep. But the games where I play Goblin Guide and it just ramps me into, like, three mana next turn and I'm just sitting on a bunch of burn spells, it's <sighs> it's nice. And you don't yep. even have those games. You're like, well, got to path it, but maybe they have three more lands in their hand right now, right. so it's not that bad. That, does, that doesn't happen anymore because you got five horizon canopies in your deck or right. whatever yeah no so. for sure 
Yeah, and you know, and then the games where you like path my turn one thing, and then my next turn is like you know spike you play an idol on, and you've used your path to exile, <laughs> and your next thing is like a snapcaster. Merge. I have I have been there, buddy. I have removed the goblin guide and gotten idol on <laughs> more times than. <laughs> That's the squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna lose <laughs> if you take two hits off the goblin guide, anyways. Right, so. of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um. I was like kind of nervous about burn being well positioned like like after, right after this announcement i was like you know like maybe it's gonna be really good because i don't have to worry about uh creepy chill anymore yeah but then there's like this batter skull thing you know but then i play that matchup a bunch and i feel like pretty good about my batter skull matchups yeah and you would definitely be i would if i were headed to dallas i'd be like 95 percent on tron i expect that to be a very popular deck which in and of itself lowers my desire to play Tron because that mirror is the worst mirror. That's in honestly Magic the Gathering. that's why I'm not playing Tron. Mm-hmm. And I told this to the rest of my teammates. I was like, I think that if you want to win this tournament, if your goal is to win this tournament, if you're playing Tron, you're like three of your matches are going to be in the Tron mirror, and it's just win that dice it's roll. It's a coin flip. Yep. Yeah. And there's so little you can do to turn that into like any sort of like gamesmanship interactiveness. It's just. The Tron Mirror is... Whoever gets Karn out first... It's a yikes. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I, I played that Mirror. My opponent won the die roll. Turn three Karn me on the play game one. Yeah. Couldn't ever win that game. Yeah. You just you just can't. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just I, can't. Yeah. No. <laughs> my opponent was on four cards, so I wanted to give them another turn because if they had literally nothing after stone raining me twice, I had a chance. Sure. But they had literally anything and it was plenty to kill me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a worm coil engine. Oh, okay. Well, okay, that's gonna hit me three times before I can cast a spell, so... Right. So, yeah, if you're, like, trying to win a tournament... Yeah. I just don't... I just don't think that Tron is, like, a good deck to do that with. But maybe that's just, like, my personal preference of, like, I, no, I, I wanna... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't... Because the Burn Mirror isn't that great, either. <laughs> the Burn matchup is not great. Or, uh, yeah, but... we're talking about mirrors... Um, oh, oh, burn! Oh, I see, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, because that burn, is yeah. The burn mirror is also, but there, there's like stuff. There's places to leverage your experience playing the burn mirror. There's stuff you can you can get people. I, I totally understand that, and just like from a like wanting to play games of magic and have fun standpoint, mm-hmm. you know that would definitely reduce my desire to play Tron in this upcoming tournament. I don't know how much like well the mirror is just this like awful coin flip i don't know how much that actually impacts a deck's ability to win the tournament necessarily yeah. i mean because right i get it like mi- any mirror against a competent player is still going to be 50 percent. and if your matchup is against the rest of the field is like so over the top then yeah yeah sure like you you're gonna be pretty well equipped to do well in the tournament yep um like you know uh i talk about this a lot but there there are certain decks that you can play where you're just gonna lock in like an 11-4 or a Mm 10-5 and you know if if that's what you need in order to accomplish your goals then sure Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know it feels like tron is one of those decks where it's like yeah you can play tron and lock in an 11-4 and you know if you're happy with that then great it's very Um, possible but um i i have a feeling that the difference between a well-built Tron deck and a poorly-built Tron deck for this tournament is going to be bigger than the difference than that difference has been in past tournaments. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, when you're playing in a Hogak metagame, you need to have four Worm Coils. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't, then your deck was bad and you'd probably lose more. <laughs> but 
other cards in your deck like kind of weren't always that important in that metagame. Yeah. Here, I think making sure that you know how to play your matches against Force of Negation and also you have a plan for burn, which I think involves heavy Bormcoil engines and I think main deck Thragtusk, uh, honestly. Maybe. Yeah, because uh, it's also good against the mid range stuff. Right. So yeah, but burn is bringing back the cracks. So yeah, so that, that definitely makes it rough. that definitely makes it really rough. And you all you can do is jam your life gain and hope. And yeah. you know the fact that it's a skull crack in their hand and not a useless lightning helix is yeah. a big difference maker. I am I did take out my deflecting palms though, so you know attack with no fear. Yeah, tenya, tenya. It's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, uh, I and that not just for Tron, but a huge portion of deck building for this format going forward is understanding how to make your deck not lose to Force of Negation at a key time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, do we miss anything? Do we want to run through? How about rather than we got like a lot of comments and stuff mall. in chat? Oh, you have a keeper mall. Yeah, we should have done that at the beginning. Yeah, sorry, I, uh, I definitely missed that. That's fine. Let's do it now. <laughs> it was one that you actually saw, but I was and I kind of did it like a little quickly, but there was like a lot of like weird mm-hmm. decisions to it. So you're playing Storm. Yeah, you mulligan to four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this was as as I showed up. So I, yeah. all I saw was like the aftermath of okay. this. Yeah. Uh, so there are like a lot of like weird, interesting decisions that I think that we can talk about. So your your seven cards that you need to choose four from mm-hmm. is Baral, Gifts Ungiven, two Rituals, two Spire Bluff Canals, and a Fetch Land. So it's a keep. Yeah. But which four cards do you keep? I can see arguments for uh, a lot of things. The Rituals are nice to be able to like turbo out your... You know, you're probably just, like, it's a four-card hand. You're not really going to be playing around much. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be keeping two lands and then jamming your Brawl on turn two and then hoping that you can, like, rip a Ritual or something mm-hmm. so that you can cast your your Gifts Ungiven. So yeah. that's the plan. Mm-hmm. So the four cards that I think best facilitate that are two of the lands, yep. your Brawl, and the Gifts Ungiven. So you need this is game one, right? Yeah. So we need... Like, just as a starting place, we need to resolve a heavy card advantage spell. Yeah. Like, pretty soon. Right. And so that, in game one, is either Gifts Ungiven mm-hmm. or Past in Flames with a somehow stocked graveyard. Yeah, but our graveyard is not going to We have no yeah. way to stock our graveyard. Right. So we have to focus on getting a Gifts yeah. on the stack. Right. So we've got the Gifts, which mm-hmm. is great. And so I think that it's, you know, now that we've, like, established what our plan is, like, okay, we need to brawl into Gifts and then we can probably win from there. Mm-hmm. The weird decision point that I thought about kind of after the fact, I ended up keeping both of the Sparbluff Canals. Mm-hmm. But I think that was wrong. Interesting. Because the cards that I put on the bottom... You don't want them. But you do want them. Oh, wait. Which... Oh, 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 okay. So the extra cards in this hand... Oh, because we do want lands are, and rituals. Yeah. We want to draw oh. into lands and rituals. I see. Yeah. So this was like kind of interesting. So I ended up bottoming... A fetch land and then two rituals, mm-hmm. but those three those cards are, all great draws. are like what I need to win this game. Yeah, so I think the correct bottom was actually a, one spiral canal and the two rituals. Okay, so that I can fetch on turn one, sure, and then turn two Casper all, and then shuffle those three excellent draws back into my deck so that I can like give myself a shot at drawing them. Definitely. So I think I like I got that decision point wrong, but I thought it was like really interesting and this like kind of new element of mulliganing now right because it doesn't make 
when you're bottoming the top card of your library, right. it never made the hugest difference. If that one card is shuffled back in, that's one out of 50 cards. Right. When it's three out of 50, you're getting a lot closer yeah. to, like, this is a so relevant like, thing. It's like a relevant percentage mm-hmm. of, like, it's like a three of in your deck now. Yeah. You know, you can draw those. <clears throat> right. The, like, heuristic is if it's a three of in your deck, that means you want to draw one over the course of a normal game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I thought that was that, like, kind of decision I've noticed coming up a lot with, like, Burn mm-hmm. is that, like, you know, sometimes I, like, keep a two-lander, but my hand is, like, kind of mana-hungry, so I, like, want to draw an extra land. So depending on what I'm putting on the bottom, I either fetch or don't, depending gotcha. on what I want there. And I think that, like, that kind of... It's, like, a, like, new element from the London Mulligan that, you know, maybe people aren't quite aware of yet. So. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I ended up, uh, you know, ripping the land on time like sack anyways. But... Right, and then ripping the second gift so we had plenty of cards. Oh, yeah, to... no, we won that game. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when Brawl lives, like, the deck can do anything. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Brawl plus gifts is the combo. Yep, yeah. done. So, yeah. And the good thing about gifts is that it is an instant, so sometimes you can get around force negation with yeah, it. I'll cast it on your turn. Your turn. Right. <clears throat> Alan's mad at us for talking about Soul Herder and not Spirits. We did talk about Spirits uh, briefly. I, th- well, I think that might have been in our like pre... <laughs> we could talk about Spirits. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Alan made a pretty sweet Spirits list. It's like, it looked really clean. It, it included Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Force of Negation as like kind of like the big new ads. I, th- I think Spirits might have been on Force of Negation earlier as well, but... At some point, we're going to have a Spirits list that's just like 10 Spirits. <laughs> Yeah. Like, all the good cards and spirits are just different things. I do like Mausoleum Wanderer into Stoneforge Mystic. Makes it, like, pretty, you know, yeah, one mana removal spell can still get around the Mausoleum Wanderer. But, you know, you can't, like, Liliana this thing or whatever, like, because we got a guy in play. Yeah. Uh, a two mana removal spell, if they're on the draw, is not going to cut it. You know, that that is some amount of protection that's just a nice, easy curve if you don't have the force of negation. Yeah. And, you know, little flying bodies are great to put equipment onto. Yeah. Going kind of back to the whole, like, you know, what do we want to be doing with blue-white? Do we want to be more tempo or more control? Spirits is, like, the extreme tempo version of, like, blue-white cards with Stoneforge Mystic and force of negation. Yeah. It's like your plan is to tempo them out. Yep. Let me... Let me spell qualler this and then lock it into hexproof so you can never get that spell yep. back. It's nice. <laughs> amulet is a deck people are sleeping on as well. I don't know about Amulet. Yeah, a lot of debate around whether or not Amulet was ever a good deck. <laughs> <laughs> or just played by really, uh, really good players yeah, who played it right. at 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Amulet is, like, its matchup spread certainly got a lot better, for sure. And I think that... Well, uh, its best matchup is gone. Because you was... can't play against Dredge anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fair. But Hogak is gone, which was... Which it could never beat. It could just never beat Hogak. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised for yeah. people to pick up Amulet again. Um, it's possible. It got nothing from Modern Horizons. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess Veil of Summer, maybe? But that seems, yeah. like, kind of tough to use. And you were, like, fine against Counterspells anyways. Right. I think Force of Negation is, like, really good against the deck generally Mm -hmm. just yeah that makes sense it's the only way to counter a summoner's pact that doesn't feel terrible and (laughs) countering summoner's pact like really gives the deck pretty hard yeah um so maybe veil of summer is good there then but i don't know i have to ask an amulet expert right yeah 
There's plenty of those, but yeah, there's a lot of them around. Yeah, I I did listen to Dylan and Pete and Rossum's podcast today, okay. and and Rossum was just like, I don't know about Amulet, yeah. so you know, I would take his word for it over mine, certainly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's modern. That's I mean, that's modern right now. Yeah, that's modern right now. That's Let's our initial thoughts. See what happens in a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm super pumped for Dallas. I think it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are already talking about how, you know, we've just been having so much fun playing Magic. That's and, good. And that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the most important thing for a good format. Yeah. Are the games fun to play? Yeah. And, and, you know, they seem like pretty interactive and intricate. And, cool. Like new heuristics to develop and like new weird things that you need to do. Like, you know, the play patterns of all of these new strategies are pretty different. And mm-hmm. you, you need to be a little more creative in like trying to figure out how to, you know, how to best play around force negation and stuff like that. So, and I have to get rid of my heuristic of blue white control sucks because <laughs> yeah, it's just not true anymore. Yeah, they got some they got some new stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, TCG player ninety two asks, how do you optimize your testing to be as efficient as possible while also being extensive and exploring all the reasonable options within a short window of time? Like for example, within a week or so. So you guys had a week. Yeah, you're on day two of post ban modern, and you got to be ready for Dallas this Saturday. Well, what we did is we we wanted to think about kind of the format in like broad strokes first. So we we listed out a bunch of the decks that we expected to be popular, mm-hmm. and we listed out like their matchup spreads just based on our assumptions. We looked at the decks that looked like they had the best matchup spreads. And those were kind of like our starting point for decks that we wanted to like put work into mm-hmm. this week so that we could figure out if any of those like really shined, that's probably what we were going to end up on. Yeah. Once we had that list of decks, we assigned members of our team to work on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had Evan on Soul Herder and I was playing Burn and Scapeshift and Dylan was on uh, Blue White Variants mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So we were able to spread out the workload so that we could cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once everybody's like, you know, jamming a bunch of leagues and stuff, and then we can like talk about it and say like, oh, this deck, like, you know, like with Scapeshift, I found out like, okay, you know, I do like the matchup spread, but I think fundamentally the deck is just a little underpowered right now. So we were able to kind of like cross that off the list and move on to the next thing. So, yeah, kind of spreading out that workload is nice. You know, we we have the privilege of being on a team of a lot of members, so we're pretty lucky there. But, you know, if it's just you and you're wondering, like, the most efficient way to use your time, I would say try to pick your deck pretty early on. Yeah. As kind of, like, the most important thing. And that can be pretty difficult because sometimes you feel lost or whatever. But if you can pick your deck early on, that's going to give you more time to... Uh, a just jam leagues is like pretty fine way to make sure that you have enough reps with the deck, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and that it, that allows you to just kind of like understand like the play patterns, just like the general stuff. But another really useful thing you can do is like uh, do focus testing. If you can get a buddy to play a specific matchup against you, mm-hmm. uh, like over and over again, just jam like a bunch of game ones, a bunch of post board games and do that for like the top, like you, know, you can just like, you know, say four decks right. or whatever in the format that you're like, maybe you're, you don't really understand the matchup very well and you want to learn it more. Maybe you expect it to be really popular and you want to really want to lock it in. Yep. That, I think that we develop a lot of really, really strong understanding of like how matchups play out through 
jamming against each other like over and over again. Like so earlier today, Dylan and I were playing Burn versus uh, his blue white strategy, and uh, I think that you know even after just like ten games, we were able to have like a pretty good idea of like you know what's important in the matchup, sure. like what you need to be doing on you know turns xyz and stuff like that so. and that is especially important when there's like a new deck on the block that you just don't you know i don't need to sit down and play a 10 game set against tron to figure out how my deck plays against tron if i've played my deck before <laughs> right but yeah. against this blue white deck like that it's is new really and i important. don't know right like i just didn't know leading leading into that whether or not it was a good matchup for me or not with burn yeah. and now i feel like i have a pretty good idea of like it's like pretty slightly favored these are the important parts of how it plays out and mm-hmm. you know this is what i need to Make sure I have in my hand so that I can compete. Yeah, stuff like that. It's like, you know, that's the kind of thing that you want to be familiar with Yeah, leading into a tournament. Yeah, I mean, I like what you said about trying to lock in a deck early if you can. I, I think PV actually had an article about this on Star City last week that I thought was really helpful, like how to test for a tournament alone. And I I do think that this is this is weird modern, this is new modern, but this is still modern and you will gain more percentage by playing your deck as closely to optimal as possible than you will by playing a deck that's an extra 2% against the field. Yeah. Um, and I putting a bunch of work into agree with that. Yeah. deck selection is not going to optimize your testing. Hmm. Uh, so what you, what you want is you want your sideboard cards perfect, Yep. if you can. Right. Understand how the matchups are going to play out post-board, and then just understand how what's important in each matchup and how to play them, and that's... I think in modern especially, that's gonna, that's where you're going to get your the largest number of percentage points in a limited amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that same concept is pretty much what I'm using to lock in burn. Like, I think that another, like, potentially good option could be Storm. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel as comfortable with Storm. So I'm probably not going to play it. Don't play it. Yep. And this way, when you play against Storm, you know, you'll be the winner instead of oh, flipping a coin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love I love my matchup spread with Burn. I think it's, yeah. I think it's really strong. So yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's a it's an excellent choice for this weekend. So yep. And you know you've been top eighting every single modern IQ recently with it. Anyways. Five five. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, this is not bad at all. <clears throat> yeah, had another five point weekend last weekend. That's really good. You had um, to play standard for one of those too. I did, and I got three points out of that. That's I, crazy. Oh man, that tournament I went to with like zero expectations. I was like. I haven't played Standard in forever. Mm-hmm. And you, you weren't know, even playing Mono Red, right? I, I wanted to play Feather, but then I didn't have access to that deck. So yeah. I like ended up playing, you know, this Bant deck that I had played before. And I, you know, had a classic top eight with Bant. But mm-hmm. this version was even different. And I was just like, all right. But yeah, we snuck our way into the finals anyway. So it's great. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I am kind of bummed. I, I just, I, I could not justify going to Roanoke to play in an IQ. Yeah. But man, I really want to play Kethis in a tournament. Yeah. Oh. Lee had a lot of fun. I bet. I'm <laughs> yeah. so jealous. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. My, I, I thought that my Kethis, my Kethis matchup was like horrendous, and then you know I was like, oh, but it's probably only Lee that's gonna play it. So I figured I'll go like X and Lee at this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And but then there were like six Kethis players. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have not lost to a green deck with Kethis in the entire time that I've been playing it. It makes sense. Impossible to lose to a yeah. green deck. I beat it at that tournament. That's crazy. Yeah. I, well, I'm I, like my curves were really good. That's like I had I had early Nissa, and then you know like I could deputy away a Kethis and then fight the one three, and then sure. they were kind of on nothing. That'll do it. Then, um, yeah. Turn three Nissa or something too is like a problem potentially. Yeah. So. But stuff like 
Dirtily hand into Nissa, make a 3-3. I can't attack because your Kethis is a 3-4. Right. On top, kill you with Kethis. Yeah. Like, that happens a lot. It's I'm really sure. nice. I'm sure. So, yeah, it was a good weekend for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I hope that this coming weekend is a good weekend too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I all of a sudden like really in the running now for the PC. Well, because you had a bunch of five-point IQ weekends. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> IQ points don't matter. IQ points <laughs> don't matter. You only have like 25 of them or something now. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that's so uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty excited about magic right now. So that's fun. Sick. Yeah, I'm glad. Me yeah. too. Well, thanks so much to everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody hanging out in the chat. We really appreciate. It. I we can't really interact that much because we're doing the we're podcast. Just talking. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Uh, like, please continue chatting yeah. and talking with each other. And it's nice to see that there's a lot of conversation yeah. going on. Yeah, so. we're not ignoring you, but we're right. kind of ignoring. Yeah, we're you. we're ignoring. Her. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, got um, things to talk about thanks a lot also to everybody at home obviously i really appreciate all of our listeners mm-hmm. um new patrons for this week i don't think we had any new patrons but i saw that chris upped his pledge so super cool we always super super appreciate that this weekend is a three-day weekend and i am not going to dallas because it's a million miles away uh so i wow. will be sending out all of the backlog of patreon rewards so if you haven't gotten your patreon reward i promise you that i will be sending it this weekend and so those will all be going out so if you want to if you sign up in the next couple of days then you will be in that mailing and uh we will get you pins tokens so it's, a, it's a good time to it's become a, a patron it's a great time to every time's a great time okay. but yeah. this time especially is right. you know act now um <laughs> and we'll we'll get our stuff out uh, we just took our pictures our modeling pictures for the play mats yep. and that will be hopefully done in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. yeah cool stuff thanks a lot to everybody really appreciate it if you do want to sign up for that patreon patreon.com slash mtggrindcast head over to our website as well mtggrindcast.com we have links to the patreon old episodes collins's coaching services uh you can find us on social media the podcast is at mtg underscore grindcast i am tweeting from at ccr underscore grindcast and collins is also on twitter at collins mullen thanks a lot and have a great week Peace.